Hello and welcome to The Marketing Saucepan. This is a show where we seek out great ideas in the world of marketing. In this show, we'll look at the business of marketing through a sociological lens. I'll be seeking out great ideas, provocative thoughts, and stuff that will help you develop your own business strategies. Because it's so early in the show and no one's really listening yet, I want to take this chance to talk a little bit about why I'm doing this. Okay, to start with, this is going to broaden my own bag of skills in content making. I've always been making stuff both in visual and written form, but never really in something like this, which is pretty much a performance and it's pretty exciting for me. More importantly, there's an opportunity to learn, to think, and to explore more about marketing in Asia. I'm going to bring in the people and ideas, tap on their wisdom, throw all this into this saucepan, and find out what makes marketing work for this part of the world. Yes, I know I'm emphasizing Asia a lot, but you know, that's the whole point of this project. We grew up in a very different environment. We have been socialized differently, and because of that, it affects our purchase and affiliation decisions. A lot of the stuff, the marketing stuff that we know, the tools, the metrics, templates, ideas, processes, methods, all this have been designed and and thought about with a Western landscape in view. Over Over here, we have very different philosophies. We have different principles, we have different priorities. And because of this, there's opportunity to rewrite the book on marketing for an Eastern market. Now, one of the foundational differences is that we are a high-context culture. Now, what does this mean? A high-context culture is one where communication is not merely verbal. You know, there's a lot of context that is needed. You look at the stature of a person, you look at his facial expression, the conduct, the tone, the, the, the circumstance, all this will form part of the communication. And we don't just rely on the words themselves to understand what a person is trying to say. On the opposite side of the bench is the low-context culture. This is the stuff of the West. Now, people socialized in a low-context culture situation would expect communications to be explicit. Everything is stated so that nothing, that there's no risk of confusion. And if a message isn't clear enough, it's going to slow down the process of communication. So this is the fundamental difference between the East and the West. High and low-context culture. Now, there was a time in my life when I moved to London, lived and worked there for a good two years. One of the things that I started to notice when I first stepped into London was the marketing environment. Now, marketing there pays a lot of attention to the telling of stories. In each advertisement, a poster or commercial, you know, there's always a backstory, some humor, some history, a plot twist, or at least, you know, there there are some very witty images uh, and and messages, I mean, uh, and and, and it makes the advertising quite quite interesting. There there also exists something that I don't observe very frequently in Singapore, and that is the presence of word-only advertisements. Now, I'll give an example of a Herod's poster advertisement I remember seeing. This was a gigantic four-sheet poster on the wall of the, of the tube tunnel. It was done in very interesting typography, and it made fun of British cordiality, you know, the politeness. You can Google for it. Google Herod, Herod's Advertisement uh, the Tube London. 
uh, the first thing that ran through my mind was this. No way a Singaporean business is going to approve of this ad. This was top to bottom of the poster. Everything is in words, and there are probably like 200 words on this, uh, on this poster. Unless absolutely necessary, the broad Singaporean market will not read an advertisement. I'm, I'm speaking very broadly here, okay? People will look at your typography and appreciate the beauty, uh, how your ad is crafted, but there is a good chance that they're not going to have an idea what you're selling, or even worse, who you are. Now, this is all due to the fact that people look at a piece of communication as a whole. Ten years ago, back in 2009, I got my feet wet in the food and beverage industry. So I opened a fruit juice store in a hawker centre. And the concept was a little bit like boost juices, but in a hawker centre. I, I didn't just get my feet wet. I, I literally plunged head in right into the deep end of this food business. One of the things that I did was to flaunt some marketing creativity in the dressing up of my stall. You know how you go to uh, 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 hawker centres and you see stainless steel everywhere? It's either stainless steel, fridge, and a gas stove. So I said, you know, why don't we try something new? What I used was IKEA furniture, flat screen monitors, and for good measure, I even hung one or two oil paintings. Now, this was a huge mistake. You know, the patrons were your regular aunties, uncles, past the age of 50s, 60s, uh, most of them even in their 70s. This is People's Park Hawker Centre, by the way. So everyone thought I was selling things like computers or electronic accessories. But I, I, I couldn't understand it. There were, there were pictures of, there, you know, there were words uh, that, that said fruit juice here and there. There were pictures of fruits. But it wasn't immediately obvious to the regular patron. I had a lot of explanation about how you could configure your, your fruit juice. You, know, you put a protein shake or you put, put a seed uh, or you put some peanuts and chocolates. But if you don't see the product, people don't read the words. And that, and that was a very interesting uh, discovery. People don't, didn't, just didn't receive the communication. It didn't look like a fruit juice stall. So many just glossed over it and went to my competitor next door selling sugarcane. Now, what does this mean for businesses? What does this mean for you? Visuals play an extremely important part in how we communicate. It has to be explicit. It has to be in your face. It has to be relatable. And because the Asian culture is socialized to capture images very quickly, we don't normally slow down to consider a message for stuff that needs a bit more processing. That means your witty messages difficult humor, implied messages, all this is going to be barriers to communicating. Now, bear in mind, this doesn't mean that we don't like intelligent stuff or words that we're not intelligent. No, 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 no. It just means that we are socialized to process visuals at very high speed. If you don't get it, we move on. You know, this is, it's, it's a little bit like the Chinese message, uh, the, the Chinese language. The Chinese language doesn't really need reading. You could Look at the word and immediately it tells you what it is. It's like looking at the picture of a, of a stop sign. You don't have to uh, uh, look at, spell out the word C-H-I-C-K-E-N in order to know that the word means chicken. You look at the picture, boom, you know it's a chicken. So Chinese readers would probably be able to finish reading a sentence faster than any reader in English can. 
So in your in the design of your of your advertisements or your communication, you want to be very explicit. If it is on sale, it has to look like it's on sale. If you're selling cheap stuff, don't make it look posh. If you're selling property, don't make it look like a furniture advertisement. And this is a true story. If you're selling telco services, don't make it look like you're selling underwear. You know, sex sells, but insofar as it is only relatable or you risk wasting your money on your marketing. Then this is, this is the part where the marketing department often clashes with agencies. Designers, copywriters, creative directors, they often want to produce witty and intelligent stuff. Stuff that you do a double take on, stuff that, that, that is very smart and, and, and stuff that is, that's very creative. Oftentimes, designers and agencies, you know, they want to win awards and they are usually producing stuff for the people in the industry. Marketers need material that will sell wares. So marketers would go out and demand bigger logos, starbursts, bright colors, price-offs, discounts, anything to tell you very explicitly what it is. And this is where the agency and the client clashes. But it doesn't need to be like this. There is opportunity for the meeting of the minds of both the agency and the client. See, if you understand if, if you understand that the Asian context is all about clear and relatable visuals, then you anchor your messaging on that and you allow your agency free reign to be creative in that space. Yes, unorthodox as it is, you are asking your agency to think within the box. All right, I think that's all the time that we have for today. We shall end here. Uh, this is but the beginning and, and this introduction podcast does lay the foundation for a lot of what we're going to be talking about. If you're a marketer or a business person who has opinions on marketing, contact me, share your thoughts with me. And even better, if you can, if you can be on the show and, and share some of your insights and your wisdom, come, give them to me and, and let me collect your wisdom. And share your thoughts with the community, okay? Contact me at benjamin at marketingsaucepan.com. So until the next episode, adios.